The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on I'm people that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that demystifies history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're doing some monster hunting in the hills of Braxton County to see if we can uncover the truth behind one of the world's most notorious cryptids. The day was September 12, 1952. Seven people encountered a mysterious creature on a farm in Flatwoods, West Virginia. What they saw that late summer evening quickly became the subject of regional folklore and is now known as the Flatwoods Monster, the Green Monster, or the Phantom of Flatwoods. It's one of several cryptids, or animals whose existence is unproven, that's rumored to reside in the rural hillsides of West Virginia. It was described by those who saw it as a 10-foot-tall monster with a blood-red body, a head shaped like the ace of spades, and a green face that seemed to glow. The creature was also said to have twisted claw-like arms and was draped in what looked like a metal dress or cloak which seemed to hover above the ground. That otherworldly appearance coupled with the presence of a meteor that night, led many to speculate that the Flatwoods monster was actually an alien whose ship had crashed somewhere nearby. However, more than 70 years later, paranormal investigators now have a theory that's much more down-to-earth. The first reported sighting of the Flatwoods monster was on the evening of September 12, 1952, just around dusk. Three young boys, Brothers Fred and Edward May and their friend Tommy Heyer were playing in the schoolyard of Flatwoods Elementary when they spotted a bright red light streaking across the sky overhead. A moment later, the light appeared to crash into a hillside on a nearby farm, so the boys decided to trek over and see what it was. Along the way, they stopped off at the Mays' house and told the brother's mom, Kathleen May, 
what they had seen in the sky. Her curiosity piqued, Kathleen decided to accompany the boys to the supposed crash site. But first, she called on a 17-year-old National Guardsman named Eugene Lemon to assist them. They were quickly joined by two other local children, Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, as well as by the May family dog, Richie. It was pitch black by the time the group reached the hillside, but near the top, they could see a pulsing red light. Eugene Lemon pointed his flashlight in that direction, and that's when they saw it, a towering creature with orange glowing eyes. Suddenly, a sickening mist filled the air, and the creature hissed and glided toward them with its claws outstretched. Lemon screamed, understandably, and dropped his flashlight, at which point the whole group turned and fled in terror. Later on, some members of the group reported strange symptoms, including throat irritation, nausea, and vomiting, which they said lasted for several days. Most people wrote off these illnesses as side effects of hysteria, but the witnesses insisted it was due to their exposure to the pungent mist produced either by the creature or by its spacecraft. Kathleen May and Eugene Lemon reported the incident to the local police, and a search of the area was conducted the same night of the sighting, though nothing out of the ordinary was discovered. According to a local newspaper, the state police, quote, laughed off the reports as hysteria, but others took it more seriously, especially when multiple other residents began reporting similar encounters around the same time. Eventually, national newspapers began reporting on the September 12th sighting, and Mrs. May and Guardsman Lemon even gave a TV interview on CBS. The mainstream coverage ultimately caught the attention of the U.S. Air Force, which sent a team of investigators to look into the residents' claims. That inquiry was part of Project Blue Book, an ongoing study of unidentified flying objects conducted by the Air Force from 1952 to 1969. In the case of the Flatwoods sighting, the agency concluded that the bright light the boys had seen that night was from a meteor, not a spaceship. Residents in three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, had observed the same meteor shooting across the sky that night. And while the May brothers and their friends thought they had seen it crash into the hillside, it likely just passed out of their view beyond the hill and kept on going. As for the pulsing red lights they saw near the area of the sighting, those were likely from a passing airplane or from a nearby navigation beacon meant to keep planes from flying too low. The sickly mist, they reported, was also explained relatively easily. The sheriff's deputies had observed a fog settling over the hillside that night, and there was a strong-smelling type of grass that was known to grow all over Braxton County. The witnesses, who were already on edge that night, likely connected the odor to the fog and then had a particularly strong reaction to it due to all their fear and adrenaline. But assuming all that's true, what about the monster itself? The one with a large, pointed, hood-like face and small claws for hands. Surely seven people didn't just imagine such a creature hissing and flying straight at them. No, the group absolutely saw something that night. They just didn't know what it was, and immediately jumped to one of the most far-fetched conclusions. In reality, based on the shape, movement, and noises reported by the witnesses, they most likely encountered nothing but a startled barn owl. Lemon's flashlight likely spooked the bird and caused its eyes to glow. 
Then it leapt from the tree branch it had been perched on and flew toward them with its talons outstretched. Later investigations came to the same conclusions as the Air Force, but the seven witnesses remained unconvinced, maintaining that what they had seen that night defied explanation. That may be true, but it's worth noting that the Flatwoods monster has not been seen again since 1952. Of course, that hasn't stopped the tiny town of Flatwoods and the surrounding communities from cashing in on their colorful local legend. Today, thousands of tourists visit the Appalachian Hills each year, hoping to catch a glimpse of the green monster from space. So far, none of them seem to have found it, though the many painted photo ops, bumper stickers, and t-shirts surely make for fine consolation prizes. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you enjoyed today's show, consider keeping up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find us at TDIHCshow. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can send your feedback directly by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.